Hello and welcome to the Calvary Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Whether you're listening from across the street or around the world, we pray this message will encourage you, build your faith, and bless your life. Good morning. So good to see you. Everyone doing good? Good, good. It's been a great morning so far, hasn't it? Well, whether you're joining us in person or online, we're so glad you're here today. It's a great day to be in church. Well, can you believe that in just two weeks, two Sundays from today, is Christmas Eve? Are you aware? (laughs) For some of you, you you need to get hurrying. My, My stepdad calls me once a year, and it's always on December 24th. And it's usually something like, okay, I just pulled into the parking lot at the mall, and what does your mom want? I'm like, Dad, you've had 365 days to figure this out since the last time you called. So guys, maybe ladies, it's time, okay? It's time to start preparing. I hope your trees are up. I hope you're excited. It is Christmas time, and I'm so excited. I hope that you'll make plans to be here on December 24th for Christmas Eve service. You know, personally, Christmas Eve is my favorite service of the year. I just think there's something so special about in the busyness of the season, At the end of all the to-dos, at the end of all the checklists, all the presents are hopefully wrapped, (laughs) maybe, just coming together for this one-hour service and refocusing our hearts and minds on what it's really all about. I find that it just readies my heart for Christmas, that it brings everything right back into focus and why we do all of this. Really, the reason for the season is Jesus. And so I hope that you'll make plans to be here. It's a very special time. And so at 10 o'clock, noon, or 2 o'clock, make plans to be here on Christmas Eve. It's going to be awesome. Well, this Christmas season as a church, we've been talking about heaven on earth. That's the theme for our December series, heaven on earth, all about how Jesus came. And with his birth, he brought heaven to earth. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We'll be there in just a few minutes. Have you ever been met with silence? Have you ever met with silence? Maybe you ask a question and you don't get an answer right away. Remember not long ago, I was in the kitchen and I was working in the kitchen and doing some stuff, had my back turned and my whole family had been in there. We were having a conversation and I ask a question and I'm not getting an answer. And I'm thinking like, hello, hello. And I turn around and they're gone. (laughs) They weren't even in there. That's why they didn't answer. But I think, you know, I, I just wonder if you know that feeling of asking a question and not getting an answer. For some of you, you know what it's like with texting. So um, many of you, you know, we send a text and we kind of sometimes hope to get a reply, like kind of quickly, right? If we send a text, we always tell our staff, a text means it's kind of urgent, an email is like something for later, right? So we live with this idea that we can just hear instantly from people. And so I will be honest, you can pray for me, I am trying to be a better texter. I'm not great, always, at responding expediently. So sometimes I think people are waiting on my reply. Some of you are laughing, I can see because you know it's true. But uh, I, I've noticed that sometimes when I'm slow to reply, there are some of you that will ever so lovingly go ahead on the text you sent and send that little question mark, <laughs> which really means like, hello, I'm waiting for a reply. Any other question mark senders? Be honest, who sends the question marks? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. If you didn't know, now you know that's an option. You can go on your text, and if they don't reply, you can send a question mark, and it basically means I need to hear from you. Well, imagine not getting a reply for 400 years. That's a long time to wait, right? Well, that is how long it was between the final prophetic book, Malachi, of the Old Testament, 
and the birth of Jesus. 400 years. Now, during this 400 years, God was silent. There was no new word from God spoken through the prophets. And for years, God had spoken through the prophets to his people. So he would warn Israel of coming judgment or call the people to spiritual reform and renewal or even talk to them about the consequences of their disobedience. They were used to hearing from God, from the prophets, and now all of a sudden, silence. Silence. Kings came and went, and with each new king, the hopes of the people faded and faded. And Israel was desperate. The people were desperate for the promised Messiah to come in and to usher in peace and to bring deliverance. And as the earthly kings continued to fail, it all led to the demise of the nation and the exile of God's people. And so now everything is silent. Everything is silent. And they're wondering, has God finally given up on us? Has our sin caused him to reject us forever? Is that why we're not hearing from him? Has God forgotten us completely? He's so silent, we're not hearing anything. And add to that the pagan culture that they had adopted and the moral decline, it was a dark world. It was a dark and silent world. And those who still held out hope of the coming Messiah longed for a word from God. 50 years of silence turned into 100 years of silence, turned into 200 years, turned into 400 years of not hearing from God. Silence probably felt like hopelessness for many of them. So after years and years, lifetimes for many people of waiting and waiting and waiting, suddenly, suddenly, the best news ever came. The best news that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah had finally come. And that's how we find the New Testament opening up. In Matthew chapter one, this is how it begins. Matthew chapter one, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus arrived on earth that first Christmas night, it was the dawn of a brand new day when heaven would come near, when God would come near and dwell with and among us. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. God with us, Emmanuel. The very presence of God arrived with the birth of Jesus. Heaven came to earth. God with us. John 1.14 says, the word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. See, we don't work or strive now to get to God, but through Christ, God came to us. 
Such a powerful message that Pastor Benny spoke last week on that. Through Christ, God came to us. If you missed that, make sure to go back and watch it. So powerful. See, we don't serve a distant God, but rather a dwelling God. The God who makes his home among us. The God who is Emmanuel, God with us. He's not far away. He's not unaware of what you're going through, but he wants to be an active part of your life. He knows exactly what's on your heart. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he wants to be God with you. See, Jesus willingly left his throne in heaven. How amazing. How amazing is this? Left his throne in heaven, put on flesh, and brought heaven to earth in the form of a baby. He lived a perfect, sinless life, and then died on the cross, died in our place. He came to show us the way and to save us from our sins. At about 30 years old, his public ministry began, and it was all about the good news, the good news of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. It was the good news that the things of heaven are now available to us here on earth. Healing comes from heaven. Joy comes from heaven. Peace comes from heaven. Comfort comes from heaven. In Jesus' public ministry, he became, made it very clear what his ministry was all about. Mark 1, 14 and 15 says, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come to earth through the person of Jesus Christ. Do you know what Jesus spoke about more than anything in his ministry here on earth? More than anything else, he talked about the kingdom of heaven. If we were to take all of his sermons and all of his teachings, at the very central theme of all of it is the kingdom of heaven. So rarely we talk about the kingdom of heaven, right? When was the last time you did a personal devotion or had a conversation with someone about the kingdom of heaven? But this is what Jesus' ministry was all about. It was all about the kingdom of heaven. And I wonder, do we know what that really means? What is the kingdom of heaven? And what does that mean for you and me? What does that mean in our lives? The word kingdom is made up of two words. Kingdom, king's domain. The king's domain. See, if there's a kingdom, it requires a few things. A kingdom must have a king. It must have a governing ruler, someone who's in charge. Jesus, God, is the king. There's territory. It's a place where the king rules. And you know, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, is not earthly or political, but it's spiritual. The kingdom of heaven, territory. Number three, there's also citizens. There's people who represent the king. And the church is that expression here on earth. We are God's expression of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Paul calls us God's ambassadors. We are to represent the king. We rep the king, amen? In John 14, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he tells them that the time was soon coming when he was gonna leave the earth and go to heaven. And he's comforting them in John chapter 14, starting at verse one. Read with me, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? 
And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I'll take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been amongst you for so long? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son." You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus was saying, it's okay. I'm leaving soon, but I need you to represent me here on earth. I need you to expand the kingdom of heaven. See, God is looking for people. God's looking for representatives who will bring his kingdom to earth. People who will say, yes, Lord, I surrender I submit my life to you, I give you everything, I give you my plans, I give you my dreams, I give you my hope, I give you my family, I give you my finances. God, I give you all of me, have all of me, and I will be your ambassador, I will be your representative here on earth. So a kingdom must have a king, a territory, citizens, and laws, laws a form of government through which the will of the ruler is exercised. So what is God's will? What is the king's will? Do you know what the will of God is? The will of God is that you would have freedom. The will of God is that you would experience joy. The will of God is that you would walk in right relationship with Jesus. The will of God is that you would raise your family to know and love the Lord. The will of God is that you would have peace. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. And you know, after years of walking with Jesus, the disciples, you can tell here in John chapter 14, they still didn't really truly comprehend who Jesus was. They were asking, how can we get to heaven? How can we get there? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, they were looking for a path and they were missing the person of Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. And so many of us are looking for direction and we're looking for answers to the issues in our lives and Jesus is saying, I am the way. I am the way, come to me, look to me, I am the way. I am what you're looking for. The disciples were trying to figure out how to get to heaven. Jesus was saying, guys, you don't get it. I don't want your purpose to be just making it into heaven. My purpose is to get heaven into you. His purpose is to get heaven into us. 
God was saying, I want my presence to fill you. I want you to be so full of my spirit that you no longer crave the things of this world. And I think, sadly, so many of us have come to think of heaven more as an escape plan. But heaven was never meant to be God's escape plan for us. Heaven is God's expansion plan. God's looking for people who will be ambassadors to bring heaven to earth so the kingdom of heaven can be expanded. And just like with the original disciples, God wants to use us. He wants to use you and me to bring heaven to earth. See, for those of us who have surrendered our lives to Jesus, we're promised an eternity in heaven with God. Heaven is our ultimate home. Philippians 3.20 says our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven living on earth. One day at the end of our earthly lives, we're going to receive our eternal reward. And we're going to meet Jesus face to face. And one day in heaven, there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more divorce, no more depression. It'll just be perfect peace and perfect joy with our God. But for now, church, we're here on assignment. And we've got something to do. And we help bring heaven to earth by praying what God taught us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, this is how you should pray. Many of you probably have this memorized. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to experience his kingdom here and now. You know, I have been praying this specific prayer. I've come back to this over about the last six to nine months. And every single day throughout the day, I've just made a decision. I'm gonna be praying, Lord, like you taught me to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I'm not praying my agenda. I want the agenda of heaven. God, I want your will to be done. God, I want heaven to come to earth in this situation. It has revolutionized my prayer life. It has changed my prayer life. This is how Jesus taught us to pray. You know, we have to be so careful about things that uh, become routine, things that become familiar. And for many of us, the Lord's Prayer has become so familiar that it's become familiar. And we've forgotten the power that is in this prayer. Lord, your kingdom come. You know, when I've been praying for people who are sick, I pray like this. Lord, I thank you that there is no cancer in heaven. And so God, I pray, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let this cancer be gone. Cancer doesn't belong in heaven, so it doesn't belong in a believer. God wants us to pray with boldness. This is how he taught us to pray. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants us to know how to live with joy right now, right here, in the midst of hard times, in the midst of times that are really challenging. We can still live with joy. In the midst of a chaotic world, we can still walk with peace. We can have the peace of God right now. God wants us to experience healing right now because heaven has come to earth. He wants, to know, he wants us to know and experience his presence every day of our lives. You know that you don't have to wait until a Sunday morning when we're all gathered here together to feel the presence of God. 
but it's God's desire for you that on a Tuesday morning or a Thursday afternoon or on a Friday night that you could call on the name of Jesus, that you could know him right now, right here, that you can know his presence. Following Jesus isn't about escaping earth to get to heaven. It's about starting eternity with Jesus right here and right now. And so many of us have our eyes on what we see. And I get it. You've got hard things going on in your life. There's very real realities that are going on around us. And it's so easy for us as humans to just see what we see with our physical eyes, to see our situations, to get so caught up in the here and now. And around Christmas, we do this. We accumulate more things. There's more things that we just find ourselves so fascinated with the things of earth. And I believe as God's people that God would call us this Christmas season to lift our eyes above what we see and to be able to see in the spirit, to see in the kingdom realm because we get so caught up with what we see that we miss out on what God wants to do in our lives. And I know there's some very real facts. There's really real facts going on in your life. It might be a fact right now that you're struggling with sickness. It might be a fact that your marriage is struggling. It might be a fact that your finances are failing. And those facts would love to rob you of your faith. But we can either live focused on facts or we can choose to live by faith. So faith would say, I might be fighting sickness right now, but my God is the healer. Faith says, my marriage might be struggling, but my God is the restorer. Faith is saying, my finances might be failing, but God is my ultimate provider anyway. See, we get so caught up in the kingdom of earth that we miss what God wants to do. We need to tune our hearts to the kingdom of heaven. When we are faced with facts, we need to learn to say, Lord, your kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom be revealed to me. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life and my situation. And when God reveals his kingdom, heaven shows up. When God reveals his kingdom, his presence shows up. Remember, the king is in charge. The king is in charge of the kingdom. The territory you find yourself in is under the domain of the king because you belong to God. And because you belong to God, because this is his territory and we are his citizens, that means that sickness is trespassing. It's trespassing. Cancer is trespassing. It does not belong in you. A failed marriage is trespassing. Doubt, discouragement, depression, anxiety, they're trespassing. When we speak the name Jesus, there's a shift that takes place. When we welcome God's presence into our lives, things change. Things have to change. Sickness has to bow to the name Jesus. Depression has to bow to the name Jesus. Oppression has to go in the name of Jesus. God's presence is here. Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us. We don't have to do this alone. And bringing heaven to earth is not about just pretending. I'm not asking you this morning to just pretend that everything is already all good and the world is problem free. We start by admitting things are broken. And that's why we need help. That's exactly why God cares about bringing heaven to earth. Why did Jesus come? What would you answer if I said, why did Jesus come to earth? Many of us might say, well, he came to earth to save us from hell and get us into heaven. 
while certainly this is a big part of his earthly agenda, we miss much of his message when we focus on only the future at the expense of the present. When Jesus speaks about the kingdom of heaven in all the gospels, he was talking not only about our future, but also about his kingdom rule and reign right here and right now. It's both the now and the not yet. It has come and it is coming. See, we're not just saved from the world, we're saved for the world. And if the purpose of Christianity was just for us to go to heaven as soon as we give our hearts to Jesus, Jesus wouldn't have left any of us on earth after we got saved. But bringing heaven to earth is about helping other people meet Jesus. So in John 14, Jesus goes on and he tells his disciples, verse 12, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Church, as his ambassadors, we are to do what Jesus did. We are to do what he did. When Jesus was on the earth, he gave us the example of how we should live. He taught us to love our enemies. He taught us to pray for our enemies, to forgive, to serve, to trust God. And God didn't come, Jesus didn't come just to make us better or to give us behavior modification. He came to bring dead things to life. God came to bring freedom to the captives. He came to heal the sick and raise the dead and restore the broken and welcome the prodigal. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse seven, he said, go announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, give as freely as you have received. In Matthew 16, 9, he's talking. This is so powerful, and this is for you and me. He says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. He's saying, I am giving you power. I am giving you authority. I've called you to be my ambassadors here on earth, and I am empowering you to do that. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There it is again. I am with you always. Emmanuel, God with us. God has brought heaven to earth. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. And right before Jesus left, he knew his disciples were unsure and they needed some comforting. Right before Jesus left earth and went back to heaven, he said this, do not let your hearts be troubled. Speak in peace, speak in comfort. What a good God. In verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you, God with us. Jesus was leaving earth to prepare a place for us in heaven, but he wasn't leaving us alone. He sent us the Holy Spirit, someone exactly like him to be with us and dwell within us. Such good news. And over and over we read that the Holy Spirit's role is that of a helper and a comforter. The original word in the Greek is parakletos, which means to come alongside, to be with you, 
to help you. That's what it means. That's what the Holy Spirit means, to come alongside, to be your parakletos with you, in you, among us. He's close enough to reach out and wrap his presence around your heart and remind you that this Christmas season, you're not alone. You're not alone. Not for one moment will God leave you alone. While you might feel alone, and many people feel lonely in this time of year, while you might feel alone, God is with you. The reality of the Holy Spirit's presence means that you're never alone. There's not a moment you're alone. Our Savior Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us all the time. Isn't that so comforting? Isn't that so encouraging? He's with you right now. He's always with us. Everywhere, in every situation, he's God with us. The reason Jesus came at Christmas time was to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. That means he wants to bring the kingdom of heaven into your life. God wants to bring the kingdom of heaven to your life. Whatever you're going through today, however you've come in here today, God wants to remind you of his presence, that he's never left you, that he will never leave you. You might have forgotten, you might feel disconnected, but you don't have to leave that way today. You can leave today with a reminder in your heart that God loves you, that he is with you, he's for you, he will never leave you, he will never turn from you. In your darkest moments and in your most joyful moments, he's God with you. And God's called us as his people, as his followers, he's called us not to just escape this earth, but to be here on assignment as his ambassadors, as citizens of heaven, walking in the authority, walking in the power that God has given us. And I just wanna encourage some of you, your faith needs to be strengthened. There are people in your life and people in your family who are far from the Lord. The Holy Spirit is within you and God wants to use you to lead those people to Jesus. There are people you know who are sick and the power of God. God says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. That's what he promised. Power of God, the kingdom of God is here. And God wants us not to be so earthly minded that we forget his power, that we forget his presence, that we forget his activity on earth. But he wants us as his ambassadors, as citizens of heaven, to be doing what he did, to do what he taught us to do, to pray, God, your kingdom come. Lord, I don't have to settle because of what you've done. I don't have to settle for sickness. I don't have to settle for depression. I don't have to settle for just the status quo. But because of what you've done for me, I can live an abundant, full, powerful, faith-filled kind of life. And I believe that God wants to stir up our faith today. We are citizens of heaven. God has made everything in heaven available to us. He says, I wanna give you power so that you can lay hands on the sick and see them healed. Do you know that we're seeing that in our church? That we are seeing people healed all the time. We're seeing pe people healed of cancer. Tumors are not even, they can't even find them anymore. God is healing people of depression. He's freeing people of anxiety. He's freeing people of oppression, of demonic voices that have been attacking people and tormenting people. And God is bringing freedom. This is what the kingdom of heaven is about. This is why Jesus came. Not just for later, that's awesome. And heaven is going to be awesome. But church, let's not settle for waiting. When the kingdom of heaven, when the power of God is available to us right now. You might have someone in your household that, that comes down sick. Can I just encourage you? We pray first, that's what we do. We pray first. We say, God, your kingdom come right now in my child. 
We begin to pray the power of God. We just had to do this this week. We begin to be kingdom people who say, okay, I see the facts, but I'm choosing faith because the power of God is available to me. If you want more of God, would you just lift your hand right now? Hallelujah, Lord, I thank you for your presence. Lord, would you right now even begin to minister to people? I pray that our faith would be built, Lord. God, we want all you have for us. I thank you, Lord, that because you came, the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. You are God with us. Lord, I pray healings even right now in this place, Lord, would break out. I thank you for miracles. Lord, thank you, Lord, that the kingdom of heaven is here. We hope today's message was a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with us, please visit calvarymd.com and fill out the connection card in our website. We'd love to partner with you on your spiritual journey. We'll see you right back here next week.